the information deity will overtake the established recreational favorites and put them into a sleep, the likes of which they will not awaken. Welcome to the Pardon My Prophecy Podcast, presented by Undiscovered Gaming. Average people, even more average conversations. Now, for the sake of not getting sued by my own company, um, well, not my own company, I didn't come up with it, friends from college did, they've just so graciously allowed me to use their name uh, for me to get famous. So I appreciate it, because I'm going to carry Undiscovered Gaming on my back, like I do when we play Siege together. I just want you guys to know that. That goes out to Undiscovered Beast and Relic. In case anybody was wondering, you can follow them on Twitter too. They're not as interesting though. Follow me, your host, Undiscovered Prophet, on Twitter. Adhere the prophecy. That is, adhere the prophecy. Learn how to spell. I'm not going to spell it out for you. Now, uh, before I get started, I'd actually like to thank Undiscovered Gaming for letting me kind of join the team and do this podcast in their name. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, Sam, Undiscovered Beast, he's uh, really put up some really nice artwork for me, and I appreciate it a lot. Uh, If you haven't seen it, check out my Instagram. Um, You can probably find it on my Twitter. I don't know what my name is, so... uh, yeah, look it up. You'll find it, I'm sure. A lot of you are experienced internet users, I'm sure. Unless, probably a lot of you listening right now, this is my first episode. Um, probably only stumbled upon it because you're looking for some conspiracy podcast or something, because, you know, the Illuminati and everything in my title graphic, it's... Uh, I mean, it's a great graphic, but sometimes some people might get the wrong vibe. It is a gaming, tech, and entertainment podcast for you listening. I do appreciate your lis- your listening, so, uh, you know, just listen to the whole thing, keep it on play, leave the room, whatever, I could use it. Now, uh, what you heard in the beginning, getting back on topic, uh, it's today's prophecy, and the overall theme for this episode of my podcast, it's kind of how I'm going to set up my podcast, at least for the time being, um... If you don't remember it, it was the information deity will overtake the established recreational favorites and put them into a sleep, the likes of which they will not awaken. The information deity being, of course, Google, and the recreational favorites would be Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo. I say this because at the time of recording, um, E3 2019 just happened, and I wanted to talk about what I thought was kind of the biggest announcement discussions from E3. Not that it had a lot of competition. E3 was pretty weak this year, honestly. It has been for the last few years. E3's kind of going downhill fast. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, I'm going to talk to you about Google Stadia. And uh, I believe this new service, uh, it's going to wildly change the way we play games. It's released this November. is going to send waves through the industry. I, I really think it's going to open up a new era of gaming that we're not going to look back from. 
the future of gaming is not a box. Now Google said this back when they initially announced Stadia back in March. Uh, it actually caused, um, what was it, the Madbox console. I don't know if any of you are following that, but the studio that makes Project Cars, they're uh, trying to come up with their own console. And when Google came out with this, the future of gaming is not a box line. Uh, they lost actually a couple investors and it really set them back in their process. I don't know if they'll be able to come up with enough funding to even put out a console. Um, but uh, I think uh, the PS5 and new Xbox could uh, very well be the last generation of gaming consoles we see. That's especially if Google Stadia launch lands on its feet and uh, it's delivering on all its promises day one, working well, everything like that. The only barrier I think it could have is uh, whether or not it's going to be able to break apart uh, communities and loyal fan bases Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo have built over such a long time. Uh, I think it'll, I think it, it can do it. You always have those diehard fanboys, but um, I, I think it can do it. Uh, it might be enough time it won't be able to kill them instantly just because of how diehard their fan bases are i think it's going to give them enough time to kind of get a counter streaming service or come up with something maybe squeak out one last generation of consoles but i really do think we're not going to be gaming on consoles anymore especially with this new technology that google's coming out with with stadia now, if you don't know, um, Google Stadia, it's basically a streaming service for games, kind of like Netflix and Hulu is for movies and TV shows. Um, you can pay $10 a month for Stadia Pro. You get unlimited gaming on Stadia's full roster of games. Expected, uh, they're expected to rotate titles in and out, kind of like Net Netflix does with their uh, movies. Um... So if you actually like a game, you want to keep playing it on Stadia, all you have to do is pay full price for it, whatever it is. And uh, you'll be able to play it all the time, even if they rotate it out of their uh, big queue of games. Now, uh, with Stadia Pro, you do get gaming at max quality, which uh, the capabilities are up to 4K. Pro customers are also going to get discounts on future releases, kind of like, I think, what PS Plus does. You get discounts on games here and there. Um, like I said, if you really like a game, you're going to have to buy it because it could very likely get rotated out, especially if it's a bigger title. They'll probably push for it so then the people can buy it. Um, now, if you get Stadia Base, it starts in 2020 sometime. They didn't really announce a date for it. But uh, you can get it without subscribing the $10 a month if you're kind of skeptical on Stadia initially. You will have to buy games for uh, full price if you want to play them. Um, but you do always have it, like uh, I said before. They do cap out quality at 1080p with Stadia Base. So if you want that 4K gaming quality, you will have to pay the $10 a month. Now, honestly, $10 a month isn't a big deal, I don't think. If you're interested, you might as well pay the $10 a month just to try it. Um, I believe they're still offering the Founders Edition, which is, I think, 129 bucks. You get the uh, limited edition Night Blue controller, which 
you can only get that color controller with this package. You get three months of Stadia Pro for you and a friend. You get a buddy pass, so you can give it to one of your buddies and they can access it for three months. That way you can play together. You also get the full Destiny 2, the collection that comes with all the DLCs. Um, you even get a Google Chromecast, which is the little TV plugin that you have to plug into your TVs to be able to play uh, Google Stadia. Now, it does ship out in November. I already bought it. I, I think I pre-ordered it the first day we were capable to, so I'm pretty excited about it. You don't have to get it, but 129 bucks that's a pretty solid deal. Uh, Google Stadia, like I said, can be played on any device like TVs, laptops, tablets, computers, smartphones. Um, all you need is access to Google, basically. Now, smartphones, they're only doing the Google Pixel initially, but they do plan on putting on, on Apple and Android devices. You can play with the keyboard and mouse or use their controllers. I think the controllers look pretty decent, so I might use those. I was never a big mouse and keyboard guy. I got a gaming PC recently, and I still I can't get used to it. It sucks. I understand the advantage of using it, but it's so weird not having a controller in my hands. Um, now, how it works, uh, Google Stadia. It Google servers basically are going to work as a high-end gaming PC, which kind of puts me out of luck because I just paid $1,800 for mine. But that's beside the point. Um, like I said, they uh, work as a high-end gaming PC. All you get on your TV... You don't have to have that high gaming quality um, technology in your home. All you need is access to the internet. Now, the only requirement is you're going to have to have certain speeds for internet to be able to play. Now, before you freak out, it's not a lot. <laughs> the craziest part about Stadia is probably the most revolutionary um, the low quality internet speeds that are required to play games because you only need 10 megabits per second internet to play games at 720p and 60 fps just 10 megabits per second that's pretty awful internet <laughs> most people in the civilized world have at least that so i mean those aren't high standards i know i've had less than that for half my life so I understand the bad internet struggles. I appreciate Google Stadia doing this for us common folk. Now, uh, if you do want higher quality gaming, you are going to need a little higher speeds, but it, it's nothing crazy. Just 20 megabits per second, you're going to get 1080p at 60 FPS, and you'll get surround sound. And if you just have 35 megabits per second, which is not much for the civilized world, I stress that a lot. Uh, you get 4K gaming quality at 60 FPS and surround sound. They do have 8K uh, coming later. They didn't really specify a date. But uh, they do have plans to implement it. I'm not sure what the speeds would be. I would think they'd cap it out at probably 50 megabits per second, if I had to guess. Now, um, to do this, it is such a revolutionary revolutionary feat um google teamed up with amd and uh, they had them design a specialized graphics chip for all their data centers all over the world 
this chip reportedly delivers 10.7 teraflops of power. 10.7 teraflops of power. Now, for you common folk, probably everybody actually, who knows what a teraflop is? 10.7 teraflops. It's 10.7 trillion operations per second. Trillion with a T operations per second. Now, for reference, because still nobody knows what that means, the PS4 Pro, <clears throat> it's uh, got 4.2 teraflops of power. The Xbox One X, the most powerful gaming console ever, or so they say. Just 6 teraflops of power. So, 10.7, uh, that's a big deal. <laughs> They're not messing around with that. If anybody could pull this off, I think Google would. Uh, they've got acres of servers all over the world, so I don't doubt them in their ability. I do doubt the technology a little bit, um, just because it's unproven, but like I said, I think Google will pull it off for sure. Um, now, it's not going to be like when consoles first come out, the next generation, and you're stuck with these 10 crappy games, probably five of them are from last generation and you get one major title for new generation the rest are awful indie games nobody wants to play it is a pretty strong initial games list uh there's 31 i believe confirmed so far not all of them are out yet but i think most of them come out before november when stadia is released to the public some noteworthy games include Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Borderlands 3, Baldur's Gate 3, Destiny 2, Doom, Doom Eternal, Metro Exodus, Rage 2, Tomb Raider Trilogy, the new Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Division 2, and Wolfenstein Youngblood. Those are just kind of the big titles I kind of picked out from the list. They do have, like I said, 31 confirmed so far. And uh, Capcom, EA, and Rockstar have also agreed to release games on Stadia. They haven't announced which ones, but I would assume all the classic GTAs and things like that. Probably uh, Madden would come out on Stadia, I would think. Um, now, Stadia does offer some unique gaming features uh, that you're not going to get on a console. The one that kind of stood out to me, it's not really the biggest, not the one they're r running on and pushing, but it's called a Google Assistant Integration. Now, what it is, their controllers are going to have a Google Assistant button, kind of like where the PlayStation and Xbox button are in the center controllers now. Um, they are hopeful that future developers are going to integrate this feature into their games because that's kind of necessary, but... Um, the idea behind it is you push a button on the controller. It has a microphone and a speaker on it. And you're basically going to be having a phone conversation with a Google Assistant. Now this Google Assistant is going to be able to give you advice on a boss fight or a section of the game that you're stuck in. And hopefully be able to talk you through it and help you get out of it. Now that's not pretty neat. I don't know what is. I mean, if you're stuck on a game and you're one of those people that just went out of it and you're not the type to figure it out for yourself, you're just going to Google it anyway. So why not put it in the controller? You just have a quick conversation with your controller and whoever's on the other side. 
and you're going to be able to probably do it while you're talking to the person and you'll be through it in 10 minutes you won't have to hold your phone up while you're trying to play this game listening to a youtube video trying to walk you through how to do it i mean that's pretty neat to think about now the uh other two features that they're kind of running on are uh google stadia state share and crowdplay crowdplay is really the big one that they're pushing a lot uh it's basically a new feature on YouTube, but it does utilize Google Stadia. The idea is to allow fans to click a button that will be on the favorite streamer's live feed and line up to play against them. Uh, it's basically going to be setting up like a game lobby on YouTube, essentially. Like a searching for new game game lobby. Uh, whoever clicks on the button, I assume it's first come, first serve. You'll be put in a list and you're streamer you're watching on YouTube already is going to be able to just go down the list and start playing with all the people that are watching. Now, uh, I think it is a ploy to get people away from Twitch and Mixer and those other um, game stream services and go to YouTube because Google owns YouTube, so they want to make money off of it too. It's such a big industry now. I don't really blame them and I mean, this is kind of cool. Personally, I think thousands or millions of people, depending on what streamer you are, uh, that many people lining up to play against you kind of overwhelms you, I would think. I mean, I don't like people that much, so I guess I'm not a good person to ask, but if you're a streamer, it's a cool way to interact with your fans, I guess. Sure, I'll go with that. Um, uh, stage share is the other big feature. I think it's pretty unique, actually. Uh, it allows some games to share a player's exact state in the game, including your inventory position in the game and health. Um, it's basically letting somebody jump right in on a previous save point. You'll just be able to basically save the game wherever you are and it puts up a link on whatever page your gaming profile I guess and all your friends will be able to go and click on it and play that exact point in the game where you are I think it's pretty cool um, obviously they are hoping the developers will put it into their games because they can't do it themselves but I think it would work pretty well with games like uh, Minecraft where no world is the same and you could share it with your friends if you get a good spawn and you have a lot of plentiful materials around you you could just save right there open it up to your friends and you could all kind of use that god tier spawn point and build whatever you want from it um i think it'd be cool with detroit become human if you don't want to play all the possibilities out if you're playing along with your friends your uh, one buddy gets some cool... I don't know if you played Detroit Become Human or not, but... Spoiler. People die. Um, and there's this part where you are escaping... I believe it's a... I don't know, it's like a concentration camp, I think. No, no, it's a little fortress. You're all kind of crowded together. There's a lot of turrets everywhere, and it's very hard to get through. 
I didn't do it. One of my friends did. I think it'd be cool to play, but I don't want to go through, play all the possibilities out and try to get to that point. Um, that, that would be a pretty cool thing to put on Google Stadia, state share, and my buddy could share it and I could go play from that point and see what it's like while still keeping my game separate and um, continuing the story the way I want to do it. I don't know. I think it's a pretty cool feature. Now, uh, I do see some potential problems coming with Google Stadia. It's not all good. Um, the biggest one, I think, uh, latency issues. The commands basically go from you to the Google servers and then to the game servers and then to your screen. There's an extra party in there that there's usually not. So I think that could potentially cause some lag. That's uh, going to be a big deal in competitive games online, especially uh, first-person shooters, kind of even sports games too, to a point. Um, if you're playing Rainbow Six Siege, you, you, you know you don't want any lag at all. So I don't know how that's going to work because that's a big kind of gap to have your commands go through. And not have any delay at all. Now Google Stadia does uh, plan on the 5G network. Which is expected to release in 2020. To solve any latency issues at all. Which I completely understand if you know anything about the 5G network. I might just do a podcast episode on it here soon. And kind of talk to you about it. Because it's kind of a big deal. Um, I think it could potentially be our generation's moon landing. I think it's going to be that big. But I'll, like I said, I'll talk to you about it in another episode. But essentially, the 5G network, it reduces latency down to basically a n negligible amount. It's so small. There's going to be essentially no lag with the 5G network. That's why it's such a big key to all the self-driving cars and everything like that that they're trying to implement now that they're having problems with. Because I think the 4G network right now, it has, what is it? Um, I think it's like 10 to 15 milliseconds of like command delay. I don't, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it's not very much. And the 5G network is supposed to be almost like one to... Or zero to one latency. Um, I, I completely lost my train of thought. Wow. Real professional. Um, oh yeah, 5G network, no latency. Good for gaming. We'll end it there. Um, <laughs> uh, the individual internet dropouts too uh, it could be a potential problem for google stadia like if you have kind of lower tier internet you have a bunch of people on your wi-fi or whatever and your internet drops in and out uh they have said that the game will close and revert to the last save point after just a few minutes of not having the connection to the servers so i don't know if you have kind of bad internet you probably shouldn't be playing games anyway but google has offered uh any help and advice to everyone to get their internet 
individual internet experiences up to par so everybody can enjoy Google Stadia, which I think is kind of cool to be so open to help the community. Um, I think that really shows the Google cares and wants this to succeed. They have poured a lot of money into it, so I kind of understand where they're coming from. Now, uh, I think the future of gaming and tech in general, it appears to be endless, decorated with unbelievable updates and advances nobody would have thought to be possible 10, even 5 years ago. The announcement and pending release of Google Stadia, I think, is proof that's true. Whether or not Google Stadia hits the ground running on release, I think it is the future. Before you know it, nobody's going to be downloading games at all and trying to worry about which gaming experience to delete from existence forever off their hard drive. Because games are going to be 150 gigs here before long. And you're going to have to delete half your gaming, uh, all, your, all your saved games, basically, to be able to download the next big game. Google Stadia offers an out for people like that. Because there's no downloading games. All you do is stream it. You don't need a big hard drive to store all your games on. The nicer the quality of the game coming out, we're going to have 8K games here soon. You're not going to have to download them to a hard drive. I put a 4 terabyte hard drive in my PS4. I'm like, man, 4 terabytes, that's a lot. I'll never use that. I've got like 500 gigs left. Now it is towards the end of the generation, but I never thought in a million years I'd use half of 4 terabytes for games. That's just how ridiculous the size is of games. I think... The gaming future and gaming tech future is going to be pretty pretty fun to be alive in. I really do. Um, I think we're looking towards hyper-realistic virtual reality, which I will do an episode on virtual reality. I think we're going to have the Ready Player One-esque exosuits uh, to game in. I think it's going to be that real. I think they're going to have augmented reality set up kind of like they do with paintball right now. I think they'll have little courses like that to go in and shoot your friends up with some AI uh, or augmented reality AR. And I, I think it's going to be a big deal. The future of gaming we're stepping into, it's, it's going to be something to experience. And I hope you'll allow me to walk you through and share in the experience of living in the most exciting time gaming and tech history has ever seen. Subscribe and review my podcast so that I can fill your empty hole. Wow, that, that came out wrong. Fill that empty hole in your soul with what some may call prophecies about where the tech industry is headed. And remember, my prophecy is truth.